Hi, this is Dr. Brill. This podcast is based on a sponsored Facebook Live event earlier this month by NeuroLens. Now, NeuroLenses are the first and only prescription lenses that add a contoured prism to bring the eyes into alignment. Contoured prism has been shown in studies to relieve headaches, neck and shoulder pain, and eye strain that many patients experience when using digital devices, reading, or doing detail work. Learn a lot more about this independent company called NeuroLens and the device they use as well as their lenses. Stay tuned for NeuroLens coming up. Welcome to Eyetrepreneur, the podcast for Wizards of Eyes. I'm Dr. Raymond Brill with my co-host, Harry Brill, and we're here to bring you stories about Wizards of Eyes. Yes, what is a wizard, Dr. Brill? These are folks that you may have heard about, may not have heard about. These are people who are actually very successful in doing what they do in all aspects of eye care. We're not talking to self-proclaimed industry geniuses, experts, masters, or gurus because we're talking to wizards of eyes that make it happen each and every day. They are out there working every day in the labs, on the road, in the practices, in surgery suites, making lenses, making frames. Yes, we want to hear these back-of-the-house stories about innovation, entrepreneurship, and make you feel excited to do what you do. We want you to be energized about the whole eye care field. And this is not your big optical program. This is done out of the passion of our hearts. Please go ahead and subscribe to Entrepreneur, the podcast for Wizards of Eyes on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, or your favorite app. Also, visit Entrepreneur.com where you'll find our latest blogs and special video content. That's www.eyetrepreneur.com. All right, so it's working now. We are live. Uh, sorry for all the technical difficulties here. I think um, artificial intelligence and uh, Amazon Alexa and all those Google Echo are taking over the world. And Neural Lenses is also taking over the, the, the lens market with their uh, new technology. So thanks, everyone, for hanging in there. Sorry we're about 30 minutes late, but um, I promise we're generally timely. So um I want to welcome everyone to the live uh, Facebook feed here. We have Eric Plumley. He's the Chief Technology Officer of NeuroLenses. And Hello. we also have the, the great uh, Dr. Timothy Fries. He uh, is a private uh, practice optometrist in Ohio with a few practices. So welcome, welcome on. Thanks, Barry. Right. Glad to be here. Yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah. You got a good no-shave member going there. Hey, this is... Uh, this is my usual, so by the end of the month, you'll wait to see what it looks like. Oh, okay, good. Yeah, be good. Well, we're we're happy to have an independent company who's bringing independent thought and independent lenses to the profession, and that's what entrepreneurs are all about. We want to learn what you're doing. So, um, yeah, so we're going to wait just a few minutes for everyone to get on board. Um, we, we, you know, we really delayed this for all the West Coast people. I mean, let's be honest, right? <laughs> And there's a lot of people who are confused about Eastern time or Central Standard Time. So, so this, this is 
So is everyone in like LA traffic, do they uh, just sit on their phones and, you know, scroll Instagram and all well, this traffic? It, it, what do you Californians do? Anymore, the Tesla drivers just fall asleep. It turns out there's lots of videos of the Tesla guys just sleeping in their cars while they're going down the freeway. It makes them jiggle their hands though, doesn't it? On the steering wheel or not? Uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how they do it, but there's plenty of videos out there on the news. It actually does. I have a Model 3. So I, uh, I, I used the autopilot all the way home today for an hour, but yeah, you got to hold the wheel. So if you don't, it punishes you that never again. It, you can't use no. it for the rest of the drive until you. Uh, right. It, it yeah. punishes you. It does. So, um, so the reason we're, we're having neural lenses on is at iTrepreneur, we're a big supporter of independence. And uh, as everyone knows here, the, the market's changing and there's lots of acquisitions. So um, we find that the best way to give power to the independents is supporting the independents. And um, Neuralens has, didn't it just pop up, up overnight? You guys have uh, been working on a product for uh, more than a few years and now you're, you're fully in the market. I know you're gaining accounts readily. So we're here to learn about um, you know, what Neuralens d does differently than other lens manufacturers. And I don't even know if you, you call yourself a lens manufacturer. You might have uh, another terminology. So uh, we're gonna hand it over to uh, Eric, the Chief Technology Officer. Um, tell us kind of how you got your background um, in engineering and, and business. I know, uh, I think everyone has an MBA on here except me. So <laughs> Eric, you have an MBA? Yeah, I certainly do. I do. Okay, and Dr. Freeze, I think you have one. I do. Yep. And you know, I've got one. Okay. So, hey. I'm just the lame duck here. <laughs> You're too young, Barry. Thing, right? So, yeah. yeah actually, actually, you know, it's it's interesting about uh, about Neuralens is that that you know people do ask us like, are you equipment manufacturer? Are you a lens manufacturer? What is it you're selling? And really, what we're selling are outcomes for patients. So we're really focused on uh, providing outcomes for patients. That's what's exciting for me. That's what gets me up every day coming to work. I was an engineer for 15 years developing uh, stuff for the defense industry or semiconductor chips or, or other uh, consumer products. And I actually was tired of engineering. I quit. I got, went back to school, got my MBA, as you mentioned, and I was going to do something else. Uh, while I was getting my MBA, I had the opportunity to work in healthcare doing the uh, Stellaris phaco emulsification uh, system for cataract surgery for, uh, for Bausch & Lohm. And I really enjoyed that. And when I graduated in 2008, there was pretty much only engineering jobs. I worked, uh, I worked then. I got hired by a company called WaveTech Vision. I quit. I got, went back. And WaveTech Vision Systems, we developed the interoperative aberrometer um, to help improve outcomes for uh, cataract surgery. Uh, did that for about seven years. Got purchased by Alcon. And then uh, got approached by uh, iBrain Medical, who makes the neural lenses here. Uh, to develop this equipment. And I think what's so exciting about what we do here is the outcomes. Cataract surgery was nice. I knew that I helped the patient see another line on the Snellen chart. But what's nice about here is we get patients calling in crying, saying that I've had headaches or I've had these symptoms for 30 years. And we, we you now have taken care of that issue. And uh, it's super exciting. It's why I get up every day. And it's what I enjoy about what we do. Great. Well, I want to uh, welcome some people to uh, the podcast here. We have our um, you know, Alan Desjardins, he has uh, been here at every single live event, so we want to thank you for uh, being on. Uh, we also have uh, Canela. You were on the last one. We appreciate you being here. Uh, 
Steve Kidwell, repping uh, Kansas City. Welcome in. Um, he's a good guy. So, got a lot of equipment from Cosmo. Yeah, we put his kids through college. Um, and Matthew Smith, he's he's a upcoming optician, just opened his own shop. So uh, we're glad uh, we're on. You're on here. Sorry for the delay, everyone. All right, so let's make this enjoyable for everyone. Tell us what is Neuralens, and really, I mean, let's take the mystique out of it. Whoever wants to go. Yeah, I can go ahead. So Neuralens. So basically, we have uh, there's two kind of pieces or multiple pieces to the system. So step one of the process is we identify patients that are suffering from symptoms. Uh, a lot of the symptoms are traditionally called asthenopia, so eye strain, headache, ne neck strain, and those sorts of symptoms. Um, we've since learned that these symptoms are related to uh, how your eyes are working together. So we we've called we call it trigeminal dysphoria because it's it's the stimulation of the trigeminal nerve as related to how your eyes align. Um, so we have measurement equipment that measures eye alignment, and then we have lenses that provide a contoured prism. So what's unique about our lenses is that they can provide a different amount of horizontal prism in the distance region than the near region. So a contoured prism is something that you can get with our lenses that you can't get. And as I mentioned, we track outcomes. So we're constantly surveying our patients after treatment to understand best how we've affected their symptoms. And we use that in our own uh, tracking and we develop algorithms to help give guidance to doctors on how to best prescribe the lenses to, to provide the best opportunity for a good outcome. Okay, so I, I wanna make sure, because there's a, a lot of optometrists on here, dysphoria has nothing to do with a phoria. Well, yeah, dysphoria, actually, the meaning of the word is, uh, is, is uh, like a, a disorganization or something like that. We think it's, it's a nice way to coin the phrase in that, um, in that it, phorias relate to uh, eye misalignment as well. Right. And a phoria is actually a portion of the measurement device. So our measurement device takes into account a disassociated phoria as well as some associated uh, phoric measurements, as well as looking at how the central and peripheral visual systems work together. So it's a combination of measurements, and that misalignment is what is found to cause the. the so we really want euphoria, then, right? <laughs> yeah, that's what we're looking for. Take the dysphoria, <laughs> turn it into euphoria. There you go. Yeah. So, um, so Dr. Freeze, um, tell us a little bit about yourself. So you're uh, you're in private practice in Ohio. Um, how long have you been practicing? You know, what, why did you get into eye care? I'm, I'm sure you woke up as an eight-year-old and you just said, you know what, I'm going to be an eye doctor. And right. Yeah, man. It was actually even earlier than that, to be honest. Okay. I, I got my first uh, eye exam when I was four and I needed glasses. Uh, and my mom still tells the story that uh, I told her that day that I wanted to be an eye doctor when I grew up. Um, I didn't specify optometrist, but I learned later that that was the way to go. So um, that's all I've ever wanted to do uh, my whole life. So I've I never knew of anything else that I wanted to, to do or become. And I'm I'm still happy that I, I went down that road. It's still the best. And you got in as a hyperope. You got in as a hyperope. You didn't have to be a myope, huh? Yeah, I'm actually. Uh, actually, I was. Uh, I have three bucks of sill. So. Oh, um, nice. That's what caught me. That that's what caught me at four. So it was the, it was the astigmatism that got me there. So. Um, but without uh, yeah. astigmatism, we wouldn't have optometry. So let's not uh, diss it too badly. 
That's right. That's right. I, I, uh, I love my vision the way it is, so I wouldn't change it. It got me to where I'm going to, where I am today. So, um, yeah, so I, I went to Ohio state for optometry school and for undergrad. I've been in practice for 15 years. Um, I, I've done a little bit of everything in optometry as it seems like a lot of us have. Um, I've practiced uh, commercial nursing home. Um, I, I've bought and sold several practices. I currently own a three practice location in, in the Columbus, Ohio area. Um, I, uh, I went back and got my MBA, um, a, a year or two ago, and then I'm actually just now finishing my master's in public health as well, um, because I'm pretty active with legislative affairs in Ohio. I sit on the Ohio Optometric Association Board of Trustees, and, uh, I chair our political action committee as well, so I'm pretty involved in, and love the legislative affairs side of things, so I, I do a lot of activity in, um, in, in policy and and uh, and those type of things. So I also uh, teach the business curriculum at the Ohio State College of Optometry. Oh, wow. So um, I, I teach uh, the practice management and business business stuff there as well. So business is near and dear to my heart. And, so you created uh, the eight day week, huh? Yeah. <laughs> I, I tell you, people always joke they don't know how I sleep, and I don't I don't know how I do either. I have a, a three and a half year old and a five year old. So if oh, I my. do sleep, they usually are waking me up anyway. So yeah. Um, yeah. Exactly. Well, one, Wonderful. Uh, so we have more people joining us. So this is this is pretty exciting. Um, I just want to let everyone know the good folks at NeuroLens are going to be giving away two Amazon uh, gift cards for fifty dollars uh, during this live feed. So stay in there. Um, everyone can get um, their favorite turkey baster or um, whatever else you like. So um, your Huawei phone. Your Huawei phone, so the Chinese can can catch us. So, um, just want to give a shout out to a few people. Who do we have uh, on the feed here? We got Tina with IoT. Hello, Tina. We love you. And uh, Elaine wants to know about Tokai. So, so we'll, we'll Elaine is our international expert about everything from all over the world here. So, so I'm sure we'll I'm sure we'll, we'll get, get there. into that probably right. So let's go really systematically through uh, what NeuroLens is. So you guys have a, a testing device. You have spectacle lenses, you have training, onboarding. So you guys are a pretty much full-scale uh, company that is going to help practices thrive. So walk us through um, what your product is and what it aims to do uh, in this maybe in the market. Like, maybe like a Shark Tank presentation. Yeah, there. 60 okay. seconds rundown. Okay. You okay, so, so yeah, 60 second rundown. So we've got, we have a lot of patients suffering. Vision Council came out and said 65% of patients walking into optometry practices are suffering from symptoms. We did our own analysis and we had a little more strict criteria and we had 13,000 patients. We saw 56% of them were symptomatic enough to want to pay to have their problem solved. So we said, wow, if there's this many people suffering that bad and we have a solution, let's figure out how we can get this into optometry practices. Um, so we have a measurement device that have, helps measure patients' misalignment. Um, you know, it's, it's documented throughout history in numerous studies that misalignment is associated with, uh, with these symptoms. Uh, we have a unique and novel lens that provides contoured prism, which contoured prism is a different amount of horizontal prism in the distance region than a near region. You can think about uh, uh, the contoured prism kind of like you would a progressive lens in that it provides the change in alignment throughout the lens so that we can give the proper correction at both distance and near. And then uh, we follow up and make sure that we solve their symptoms. So, so that's in a nutshell what we do. So let me ask um, for the average optometrist out there. So are you saying all the vergences and phorias and fixation disparity measurements we learned back in school 
we didn't really need to do that. We just need to have the device. So or I think you know, can somebody get to the same answer uh, in the traditional manner, uh, a la uh, optometric extension program OEP <laughs> for the old right? Guys. Yeah, I mean, I I think that you know, similar to to how uh, the evolution of all medical devices is, you know, do you still use a, only a visual field or you do OCT? I mean, it's a it's a different level of diagnostic, and so it does take into account all of those other. Uh, aspects of misalignment and we always encourage doctors to still do what they would stand do in the chair just to, to verify that that the the measurements are in line with the rest of the pathology of the patient but but yeah in essence the the measurement device was developed because we found if I gave the same patient to 10 different practitioners and asked about their eye misalignment I get 10 different 10 different answers so we had to have a way that removed that variability so we could have a good understanding of how patients' eyes work together so that we could offer the, the correct treatment. Now, ophthalmologists always contend that, well, there's a lot of one-eyed patients that don't have any problems. So uh, can you do this on a one-eyed patient? Well, you actually make my point for, for me, uh, doctor. So, so of course, if, if you're treating a binocular issue with PRISM, um, you know, if they have one eye, uh, they're probably not going to have those problems. And a matter of fact, early on when we had our headache center in Sioux Falls, a patient from New York would call up and complain of uh, chronic migraines. And we wouldn't have them fly out to get measured on the device. We'd ask them to wear a patch over one eye for a weekend and ask them if their problems went away. And if they did, we were confident that that was I a problem they solved. Luckily, I would say probably 95, 98% of your patients are coming in with two eyes. So I think we can help them. How about amblyops or strabismics? Can they be benefit? Can they um, we, you know, anecdotally, I've seen some success, but in general, when patients are suppressing a significant amount of time, it's probably less of an ideal solution. I don't know, Dr. Fries, you might have more uh, clinical experience with uh, treating those types of patients. Yeah, I mean, I would agree with you, Eric. It, it, it's um, anecdotally, I would say that you know, I typically will, will lead the, the amblyopes into a sort of a different direction, like you said, with you know, testing suppression, and um, you know, I, I've had, I think I've had two amblyopes that we've done with with neural lenses, and they both have done very well, but they were very mild amblyopes, you know, that they were not definitely too deep of an amblyope. So I've seen success with it, but it's not my first line of, of thinking when I have an amblyope come into the practice. So when you're, when you're talking about contoured prism, uh, what are we trying to alleviate? Is it things like headaches and, and neck pain and, and eye strain? Uh, put it in kind of layman's terms for people that might not be familiar with what that prism is actually trying to achieve. Do you want to go through this, Dr. Fries? Yeah, sure. I, you know, it's... Neuralens has done an amazing job because they've actually developed a really amazing questionnaire um, that we give to all of our patients. And it basically, uh, Perry, lists a lot of the things that you just mentioned as far as, um, you know, we ask them about headaches, neck pain, stiffness, discomfort at the computer, tired eyes, dry eyes, dizziness, which is one that um, I think we haven't brought up yet in this conversation, and light sensitivity. Um, so it really, they rank, the, the patients rank those on a scale of one to five, how significant are they in their life? Um, and then we, we sort of take those rankings and then... Um, determine if they are a qualifier for the for a measurement on the measurement device. So um, really, it's pretty easy for, for the patient. We just, you know, give them that questionnaire. It's very simple. Um, does not take much time. I know as optometrists, we all uh, kind of cringe when we hear the word questionnaire, maybe, and more stuff for the front desk to do. But this is really quick and easy. And it's, it's amazing when you're able to provide something that's life-changing um, to patients, um, you know, how, how well it actually works. So you know, that's sort of where we start with those symptoms right there and try to keep it simple and have them rank them on one to five. And then we go from there. 
Yeah, I want to get to some of the comments that people are, are making. So, um, Dr. Brill, you want to read the one from Scott Balistrieri, who owns uh, Badass Optical in California. It's a, it's a wholesale laboratory. Uh, which one do you want me to read? Uh, let's talk about uh, the isoconic one here. Okay. Uh, given amblyopia, or I'm assuming you can't do this with an isoconic. Isoconic lens for people with anisoconia. Uh, right. I mean, anisoconia is a little bit different, you know, it's a little bit different animal than eye alignment, right? I mean, you could have two patients that are both, you know, minus two in each eye that are not anisoconia, but hey, they're, they're measuring, you know, 2XO at distance and 6XO at near. And so they, they, they need, and they're having a lot of symptoms when they're working on the computer and things like that. So our, you know, our lenses are primarily, folk, you know, dealing with how your eyes uh, point at stuff, right? So we're, you, you I, would I think, correct uh, that problem anisoconia. I think maybe what he's trying to say, if I could read uh, Scott's mind here, is that could you create an isoconic lens and also do the contoured prism? I mean, we could certainly provide different power in each lens, but if you're trying to compare it to like the Shaw lens, and I'm not yeah, so where you, completely familiar with the Shaw lens. Well, generally I'm not speaking, you would have to, yeah, generally what you'd have to do is alter the front curve and the thickness in some way to equalize the magnification. So, uh, yeah. so we are, maybe that's we are combining not, too many things, huh? Yeah, that's, that's not our wheelhouse for right now at all. Okay, so okay. you can't do it in a, in a uh, we're, double D we're trifocal, you can't do it in a double D trifocal yeah. polarized <laughs> with color vision yeah. correction. I mean, our, 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 maybe a yellow shooting tent. Who knows? Yeah, well, yeah. yeah we, all, a, we can do. I'm sure you can do that. Yeah, yeah. you're supposed to say. Uh, I think in the spring, right? Yeah, in the spring. Yeah, we're always being uh, next iteration. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. So let's get back to some of the main topics. Uh, first, I want to engage with the audience here. Um, who listening has actually uh, is wearing a NeuroLens? So I want everybody to participate, type a yes or a no. And you want to do some $50 giveaways? And um, we'll do that maybe in a few minutes okay. here. So um, I want to get back to you, uh, Dr. Fries. Yeah. Um, why, did you, why did you buy the NeuroLens system and why are you an early adopter? I mean, out of all the toys you could have bought at Vision Expo, I mean, you could have got the latest Edger. You could have got a IPL machine and all sorts of other toys. Why, why Neuralens? Yeah. You know, you, you, I, I do love my toys. So there's, that's definitely, it was a big part of it. So, you know, I, I, I realized that there was sort of a niche in our practice or um, I guess a missing a, a part of our practice that was just, I, I couldn't provide a great treatment for. I was having a lot of patients who maybe um, sort of had these symptoms with that we're now calling trigeminal dysphoria. Um, but I, I noticed I was having a lot of them that had very low prescriptions, you know, they were um, nearly emetropic, uh, but their symptoms way out, outweighed their, their um, refractive error. And I said, there just has to be something else going on here. And I ran into NeuroLens a couple years ago at a Vision Expo, and I said, boy, that just really, it really makes a lot of sense. Um, so then uh, I, I was at a, an IDOC meeting, and, and they have partnered with us on that. And 
Um, it really it just, you know, I had the, the device ran on myself and got some more detail from some of the people at the company and really it just made a lot of sense. So I decided we're going to do it. Um, I just felt I had enough patients that would be willing to do this. Um, and then once I saw the profitability model that was there for us as private practitioners, the ability to differentiate ourselves in private practice and the ability to have a product that was um, not covered with managed care. Um, what was a great opportunity for us and, and something that we would be able to offer um, without, um, you know, there wouldn't be somebody around the corner maybe doing the same thing. So it really just allowed us to differentiate ourselves and um, be able to have something to offer to patients that was life changing for them. Um, is just so are you wearing a neural lens yourself or? Well, I, I actually don't. So I test when I test on the neural lens device, I am right at zero. So I, I do oh. not. I do not qualify per se. Uh, You're and in so, euphoria right now, still. Yeah, I still, I still am. You know, I'm in my first, my first progressive though, so I have jumped oh. into that. But I can tell you this: so my office manager um, has been an optical for 25 years, um, and she has high sill, high plus in a progressive since she was 19 years old. Uh, has never had her vision; just has never felt right. She's never thought that she could see good. She's was tested her on the machine. She was a, a perfect candidate for a neural lens got the lenses and she basically, you know, one of those people that almost started crying right away. She's like, I've never, I've never seen this good in my entire life. Um, and it's just really even changed her life. And she's been in the business for basically her whole adult life. So it's, she, she is a believer and, and is aware and has been a huge uh, success for our practice to have someone in the dispensary that uh, thinks so highly of the product and, and can really speak from a personal, um, you know, her personal uh experience uh, and, and go through it that way. So we can, can we get into the optics a little bit here? So it seems to me uh, you're putting base in prism in some way. I mean, what if you have uh, someone who's esophoric or really it's not going to take a base in prism? Is this mainly for for people no. who have exophoria or exotropia or intermediate, intermittent? Oh, no, not, not at all. So, so basically okay. it's, for a, it's for a patient that, that, has a, I call it an insufficient ACA. So their, their, their eyes don't naturally turn in enough. So this could be an esophoric patient that maybe needs base in in the distance and less base in, or I'm sorry, base out in the distance and less base out at near, right? So that would be the, another profile of patient. You'll see about half of the patients that, that need this are typically your, your ex, slight exophoria at distance and more exophoric at near. That's your typical patient. But there's a lot of other profiles, you know, somebody could be, you know, be ESO at distance and EXO at near. They're another good candidate because what other lens could provide you right. that difference? Now, our vision therapy colleagues will say, look, I could train that. So how do you address the vision therapy part of this? Uh, I think that some of our colleagues, uh, PRISM is like a bad word. Yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting. So there are, I mean... Certainly, you know, vision, we have nothing negative to say about vision therapy. We have a lot of vision therapists that are using our uh, lenses in coordination with their therapy. Uh, there's also patients that are non-compliant to vision therapy. They're just not going to do the therapy and they're good candidates as well. And, and this is an option for them as well, as well as patients who don't respond to vision therapy. And this is another tool in the tool belt. I mean, this is just one more thing that, that optometrists have to help patients. So is there an additional training program that you offer? I mean, just say, okay, we got you the neural lenses. Now we're going to have you do uh, convergence exercises. Um, anything like that? I think Dr. Freeze wanted to add. 
Okay. Oh, uh, yes. Yeah, so, sorry, I was I was going to add the same thing that I, for for us it, it is. Um, you know, a lot of times when you bring up vision therapy, adults with busy lives, my experience, even if you prescribe therapy, they're not going to do it. Uh, they want a quick fix. They want something that's going to work now. Um, and it's going to be, you know, without for them having to put in a lot of effort and a lot of work at their end and time. And the NeuroLens has been perfect for us in those situations. So, um, Eric, yeah, I'll let you answer the other question there. So the, you were saying that, yeah, so we have one vision, you know, and, and this is in our wheelhouse, but I know we have one vision therapy group that she did a study where she was running, she was using the neural lenses in coordination with the vision therapy exercises and she saw a reduction in the amount of time to get to her desired endpoint by 50%. So, um, so it's, it shortens the time to the patient get, gets relief, but I would defer to a vision therapy person that, that has the equipment to really and answer too deep. What do you, what do you, so for someone who's asymptomatic, you know, they, it's a everyday part of life where they have these, these symptoms. How do you address those people who think, you know, I've always lived with it and I'm okay with it. You know, why should they actually try a new lens? Why don't they just continue with the same old path? How do you bring that up yeah. with them? Because I would assume that happens every day. I mean, my, my philosophy with them would be, I mean, if it's not broke, don't fix it. I mean, that, you know, I, number one point in candidacy for a patient is they would have to be, they would be symptomatic. And over half of the patients walking into optometric practices are symptomatic. So you don't really, you're, this isn't something you're, you're push you don't push a solution on, you know, if I go to, if I go to the, the, the auto mechanic and he tries to get me to change my brakes, my brakes are fine. I'm, that's not a good solution for me. But if I come in and my brakes are squealing, then that's when I look at the brakes and fix them. And that's the same, yeah. that's exactly the same philosophy that we've taken in our practices. You know, we're, we're, if, you, if you're asymptomatic, you're just not a candidate um, because there, there's not something there that I, I feel like if a regular lens is solving your problem, then you, you don't need this product. I'm, I'm not going to just sell a lens to sell a lens. Um, Can I you do it in single vision? Is it available at single vision also or, do, or must it be yes. a pound? No, it's a single vision, progressive, and a computer progressive as well. Okay. With, so what I want to get to the about that uh, is that the single visions, 20% of our single visions have no refractive power at all in them. They're oh. all, all alignments. So we have single vision and, and progressives, but, but a good portion are maybe patients wearing them over their contacts or patients that are post LASIK that are symptomatic. Um, and do you do like a blue tech or anything else with that or? Um, so our, all of our lenses come standard with a blue imbibe material. It's, it's, it, it's similar to a blue tech, except for it doesn't have that champagne hue. We call it NeuroClear, so it's right. a nice clear win. Okay, so um, we're gonna have to do something fun. How does uh, giving away a gift card sound, Eric? Okay, sounds good. So, so I'll ask a I'll ask a question. Okay, and then whoever comes up with the the answer to the question first. So, so what what makes the NeuroLens different from standard Prism? So we're going to give everybody uh, a minute or two to, to answer this, and why don't you repeat it for us as well? Yeah, so the, que the question is, what makes NeuroLens different from standard PRISM? So what's novel about the NeuroLens? First person to get it right wins $50 Amazon gift card. And while we're talking about that, there seems to be still some uh, discussion uh, from our viewers about trigeminal dysphoria. Perhaps, Dr. Fries, you could... Uh, Kind of go into the anatomy a little bit. How's it from trigeminal neuralgia? 
or any of the other trigeminals that we have. Right, right. So, well, you know, when you think of the trigeminal nerve and its pathway that it takes and, and all of the things that it controls within the face, uh, the eye muscles, um, and, and where its pathway, you know, in, in through the brain and into the neck, um, it, it deals a lot with sort of our ergonomics of the day. Um, and a lot of us are uh, on computers, we're on devices, um, and we're sort of at a, at a, at a hunching position and our, um, that is maybe just not the way the human body was meant to function. Um, and we're doing things for seven, eight, nine, ten 10 hours a day in that position. Um, and our, our vision, you know, we, um, the way the eyes work and our, and our physical ergonomic position, um, the trigeminal nerve sort of controls a lot of those things uh, or is involved in that process. Um, and I think that the, the symptoms as far as headaches, back pain, neck pain, uh, it, it all it leads through that trigeminal nerve. So it, it, people sort of understand that concept and especially patients when you explain it to them, um, you know, they get it. So and that, that's sort of the, uh, it's just, it's, it's a much better way at explaining astenopia, I think. Um, mm -hmm. And it just in, incorporates a lot more of the, of the body uh, than just the eyes uh, into that, you know, the head and neck area. So that, that's, I don't know if that makes sense to everybody, but that's sort of how I go about it. Do neurologists refer to that same term or is this some kind of a marketing term that you guys came up with? As far as the you know, trigeminal dysphoria. I mean, is it, if somebody Googled trigeminal dysphoria, are they just going to be seeing the neural lens uh, information or is there uh, an entity called trigeminal dysphoria? So yeah, we worked with our neurology group, uh, specifically Dr. Nelson, in understanding the mechanism of action, understanding why why is it that when your eyes are misaligned, why do I get a neck pain? And so it, it actually was coined from neurologists to us. And, and we thought it, as Dr. Fries said, it's a lot easier to talk about, um, you know, talk about uh, uh, trigeminal dysphoria rather than asthenopia, which is just eye strain, or even computer vision syndrome or digital vision syndrome, because that doesn't explain why patient, why people in the 1840s were getting these same symptoms while they were doing embroidery work. Um, it really is, an, you know, this is a, a term that's used to help people better understand how these pains and symptoms are related to the eyes. Okay, so I want to do some Q&A here because that's why we're here. We're here to answer questions and have transparency, and I appreciate you guys not scripting this. Uh, this is really fun. So we're going to do this rapid fire. Uh, Eric and Dr. Freeze, kind of shark tank again. So um, Ellen, right. Elaine, and Canada wants to know if you can do specialty uh, tents. The one he wants to know, because he's in Canada, he wants to know about the ones from Sirium in the UK. I don't know if you're familiar with their technology. Yeah, we do provide some t tenting, but uh, we don't have specialty tents. Okay, next one. Is there a minimum age for this lens? This is from Carrie Wilson. She works for uh, Corporate Walmart Optical. She's a big shot there. Shout out to Carrie. <laughs> Dr. Freeze? Yeah, there, there's been no, no minimum that, I, that I'm aware of. You know, as long as the patient can sit in the, in the device and get a measurement and can answer the questions about their symptoms, uh, I'm happy to put them in a lens if it's going to make sense. Yeah, so Tina Lati says, how much time does the testing take in the office? So perhaps you can go through the, the office flow. I know where I was thinking, are we going to yep. do too much pre-testing? And the patient then says, I got to leave now. So perhaps you can go through ideal flow and how much it takes, how much time it takes. There's a question about can a tech do it? So yep. 
Yeah, so we have, you know, the patient fills out the questionnaire when they come in for their, for their exam. And literally the questionnaire is very simple and it, it takes, you know, less than a minute really, uh, okay. you know, maybe two while they're in the waiting room. Um, and then when my technician is running them through our pre-testing uh, equation there that um, our, our formula, so that she'll basically, um, if they've scored high enough on the, on the questionnaire and the neural lenses, uh, the company will go through you sort of the protocol that you should use. Um, and they will, um, if they score high enough on the questionnaire with symptoms, they get the device uh, as part of their pre-testing uh, protocol. The device uh, itself takes, uh, you know, maybe three three minutes or so, I would say, um, and then it prints out a, a report and, and they come into the exam room. So, you know, not every patient is getting it, so it definitely doesn't, um, you know, change the day by, you know, all those patients by three extra minutes. Um, you know, I would say, like Eric says, you know, about 50% of our patients are probably symptomatic and are getting, um, getting that extra test, but um, it, it really has not slowed me down one bit in the exam room. Um, and our pretest, uh, our technicians love running the device um, and it hasn't slowed them down at all either because they've, they've bought into the technology. They've seen the life-changing effects that it's had on people. So they're very enthusiastic about it as well. And that's really been a big plus for us. Great. Um, just want to let everyone know uh, the gift card winner. We'll, we'll announce that uh, uh, tomorrow. We'll, we'll direct message you. So we just gave away a $50 Amazon gift card. We're going to be giving another one away. Um, and just to give everyone a little uh, outline here, we're going to be talking about the business model behind neuro lenses because yes, you will make money. This is not a charity thing. It's a good thing to do for your patients. We want to welcome also uh, Daniel Bentz and Dr. Alan Panzer. So, doctors, do you have any questions here for our experts? Yeah. Type away, doctors. Doctors only for the next minute here. Uh, ask us a question. We're gonna... It's like a roller skating rink here. I know. Okay. <laughs> I think Eric would win in the limbo with that arm. Is the arm caused from wearing the neural lenses, or what happened there? No, it's actually a, a bike accident, and I had surgery less than a week ago to repair a fully torn pectoral muscle, fully torn bicep, oh, and fully boy. torn rotator cuff. So I got a whole new shoulder here on me. So lesson learned, don't go biking. <laughs> That's one, <laughs> one lesson maybe. <laughs> okay, so you know, there's, I don't know if we're ready to talk about uh, the pricing of the machines or the instrumentation here, but there's a, been a number of questions over the time they want to kind of, looks like they're ready to buy and they're giving you a buying signal. <laughs> So let's go through the lens manufacturing and that and that whole model. Yeah, the lenses, how much it costs, the instrumentation. Okay. So yeah. yes. So so the so you need the the because the neural lens system's an entire system, right? Um, we we sell we sell basically a whole protocol on how to treat patients, including the system and the lenses. The system itself is twenty nine nine, um, and then the lenses uh, to the practice. It's 300 for the single vision. Is it 350 for office or 375 for office and 400? That's to the practice. To the patient, it's 650. Um, and then 800 and 850 to the patient uh, for the lenses. And uh, so your average margin per pair of lenses is about $400 um, per, per pair of lenses. Now, opticians are asking here because we have quite an optician following. Uh, they can do this testing, right? You don't have to be an optometrist, do you? Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, you can do the testing. I mean, I don't know how it works in terms of prescribing lenses and things like that, but I mean, the, the, 
the test typically is done by the technician and it gives the, the eye doctor the information they need to prescribe. What about an independent optician though? Can they take Dr. Freeze's just regular prescription and say, you know what, um, I'm going to add, I'm going to add this, uh, component in there because I've got special testing and yeah, so I, I can I can kind of you know I, I assume I, I would recommend that whoever those person people are that they contact their state board um, because the state board is going to have regulations on prescriptive authority. I mean I know here in Ohio that uh, opticians would not be allowed to alter a prescription and adding prism to an alt even if it's uh, a neural lens prism, um, adding that to a prescription would be illegal in Ohio. Um, it has to come in, in a prescriptive fashion. So um, you know that's going to be a state by state basis, a state by state basis. But yeah. so they're discriminating against opticians on this part of it. Yeah. So, hey, so doc, Dr. Freeze, I want you to tell us, um, I know getting staff buy-in is one of the most important things when you're introducing any new piece of technology into an office. So uh, walk us through, uh, how did you get your opticians on board? Because in the end, um, you know, the opticians are become salespeople. Um, it's, sales is not necessarily a bad word. It's just getting people what they need yeah. and educating them. So um, how'd you do it? You're the man. So walk us through it. Yeah, I tell you, well, we've, we've built quite a great office culture, you know, in our practice. And I think it's really, uh, that's super important in a successful business is to, uh, you know, create a culture um, that, that is um, all about, number one, serving the patient. Um, and that's what we've done in our practice. And whenever we're going to bring a new technology, I always want to get the staff on board and I want to have them buy in. So I, I sort of make them a part of the process from the beginning. When I get an idea of something that I want to bring in, um, I always talk to the staff that's going to be most involved in that. And I say, hey, what, take a look at this. What do you think? This is why I like it. Um, and then I, I sort of all of this, so I, I sort of make it as, as an office. We buy into it together. Um, so, you know, the, the, our staff realizes that if this is something that's going to help patients, um, we're going to do it. Um, and the fact that it is a profitability, um, it, it brings profit to our practice. Um, you know, obviously that's very important as well. I'm not going to do something for free, but um, it, uh, it, the staff has just been able to, they, they buy in if, if they know that I'm passionate about it and I know it's going to help our patients. Um, they're motivated. So it's just but, been well, that way know, from, from. So I know you get the question and, oh, it's not covered by managed care, right? So how do you uh, address that um, concern? I tell you, it's been e way easier than I even imagined in the beginning. Um, for a couple reasons. Number one, uh, Neuralens as a company has been hands down the best company I've ever worked with uh, as an optometrist as far as um, uh, implementation, um, advice, um, cons consultations with us, just helping us be successful with the product, not just selling it to us, dropping it off, and then you know we don't hear from them again. Um, that is, couldn't be further from the truth with this company. So that has been, number one, amazing. Um, Number two, with patients, a lot of times these patients have suffered for years and they are, uh, they've tried everything from regular, you know, from glasses to glasses with regular prism to contacts uh, and they're still symptomatic. So when they find out that there's something that's going to help them, they'll spend anything to make that happen. And, um, you know, and, and there's also an option now with Neuralens that um, they have some financing options that they can, can offer um, with a third party that has been... Um, also been very beneficial for patients that balk at price. But to be honest, we have very few people that actually balk at the price. Um, and, and I think that, you know, the staff does a great job of just telling them how much it's going to uh, improve them. And, and there's also a satisfaction guarantee um, that, that the company offers. So um, tell us about that. Elaborate on the guarantee. We've had a few questions about that here. Yes. So, 
I mean, I'll, I'll speak from mind and Eric, if, if you, if I'm wrong or you need to chime in, go ahead. But um, it will, it's a hundred percent satisfaction guarantee. So if the patient gets the lenses, number one, doesn't notice an improvement in their symptoms um, or if for some got, got the reason it makes something worse, they will be refunded their money to hundred percent. No questions asked. Um, to this date, we've had the equipment almost six months. Uh, we haven't had one patient do that yet. So I'm knocking on wood right now, but um, so it's a hundred percent refund to the patient then. Yeah, yeah, into we, the practice. Yes, we back we back the uh, eye doctor a hundred percent. So whatever your policy is, we'll back you up. If a patient comes back two years later and says these lenses you sold me when I saw you two years later were complete garbage, I you have to take them back. And you, as an eye doctor, think that that's the best course of action. We'll back you up and we'll refund you for that. Okay, well, that sounds really that sounds really fair. Uh, Nick Siskos wants to know: Are there any integrations with this? equipment, let's say into practice management systems or um, anything like that. Right, yeah, right now we don't have an API to go into any particular practice management system, um, nor does it push stuff to us. We have our, right now it's our own ordering portal. Um, as you said, as you know, we're, we're a relatively new company and it's one of the things on the R&D roadmap to, to yeah. start to look at better integrating. Okay, so Eric, um, Let's get into the lens, the actual lenses. Where are they made? How are they made? Do I have to buy them from you? You know, can, can how I do we verify them in our offices to know that they're made correctly? Materials, coatings, tints, polarization. Let's, let's break it hey, down. Opticians, yeah. this is your stuff. So, uh, awesome. Yeah. Okay. So, so yeah, all the lenses are ordered through us. So the nice part about that is that that your your patient who came to you and you identified their problem and you uh, figured out how to solve it they're going to get the lenses through your practice and you'll do that by ordering from us. There's no going on as any optical. There's no going across the street to somebody else. You're, you're the doctor. You've helped them help solve their problems. So all of it's ordered through our lab and our ordering portal. Um, it comes standard with the two year uh, scratch resistant uh, warranty on the AR coating. Uh, they're all have standard with a blue and vibe material. As I mentioned um, you know, it, it has a great blue blocker on it. It's, it's comparable in the blocking to a blue tech, but without that uh, champagne kind of coloring. Right. So it's a, neuroclear. Um, we do have a, uh, we, for, a, for an additional charge, we, we can do the edging here. We do all the inspecting of the lenses here when they get here. Um, there's nothing really unique about uh, inspecting our lenses. Um, where are they made? What we, made we Takai in uh, Japan or, or Dr. So, so yeah, Dr. we do Kish. have our partner lab. Is, we have a partner lab in, uh, in Japan. It's Tokai Optical is making the lenses, but it's with our proprietary lens technology integrated into it. So there they are. Um, you couldn't order our lenses through Tokai. You still have to order our lenses through us. Okay. People want to know, uh, Mark Robinson wants to know what type of AR is it, or can you compare it to a current product on the market? I mean, the closest thing, well, so we've compared the, the AR coating to the, to the, I did Bayer, you know, scratch resistance to the um, Essilor uh, Crizol and the VSB standard scratch uh, coating. And it was comparable to the VSP and much better than the Essilor. Um, we, uh, you know, it, it's, you know, I, I don't know how it's compared. The AR reflectivity of all of them are about the same. So okay. the AR characteristic is about the same. 
uh, we stood out on the scratch resistance as, as uh, top of the market. So if we put this lens on a Visionics lensometer and we wanted to look at the contour plot, would that change the contour plot of the progressive lens? Or how does it, uh, so you how do the see patients adapt to this, you know, versus kind of like a regular progressive? Right, yeah. Um, so, I mean, you would see it look similar to a standard progressive that it has a little bit harder, uh, I mean, it's a little bit harder design uh, what we have, and that's because there's a little few, little more going on in the lens because we have that transition of the, of the, uh, of the prism throughout the, the corridor as well. Um, but in general, you know, I, I'll tell you, I've wore almost every progressive lens out there because it's what I do. Um, the office lens is the only lens I can wear where I forget I have it on. I can go out to my car and I forget I have it on. It's, it's a comfortable lens. Um, I find it comparable to, to most of the other premium lenses out there in terms of the progressive aspect of it. Um, but in terms of comfort, um, I can't wear a plus without getting headaches, whereas with the neural lens, I can wear a plus without getting so you So can we order it, say I want a distance prioritization or intermediate or near, other than the office lens? So no, there, we just have that one we, style. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can, it's, we have one style. I mean, if you want to play around with your seg heights and things like that as an optician, you, you might be able to do some things there, but. Okay. Um, How about materials? Um, can we, can we drill into it? Can we groove it? Can we make it thin for the high myopes and hyperopes? Yeah. Yeah. So it comes, it comes, all of our lenses come standard with one six O high index. Um, you can also for an upcharge get one six seven. If you want a little bit thinner lens, um, yeah, you can do, we can do basically any frame type and you can do drill mount. Um, the, the thing I would caution against is that we do see a correlation between lens size and symptom relief. So the larger the lens, the better the relief is. So we, we typically encourage patients to, to choose a larger lens rather than a super narrow lens, similar to any progressive, mm -hmm. you get, you get these narrow lenses and there's just too much going on in too short, too small a space. What's the time frame to, what's the time frame to get this to your office, Dr. Fries, from the start to finish? Yeah, so we we do a, most of, we do a lot of in office edging. Um, so we have you know we do have an edger in our office, so we'll order um, the uncuts, um, and we get those you know usually within a few days, less than a week. Um, and if we order a finished product, it's maybe a day or two longer than that. So it's all actually very very quick and very comparable to you know, most of the other labs that, that we're using now and a lot of times even quicker. Um, and I did want to mention too, that it does, um, it does come in a photochromic uh, option as well. I don't oh, know it does. touch that as well. Um, and uh, Eric, if I'm also, you can do it in a, is a polarized option available in sunglasses? No, we don't have polarized option. Good number, yeah. So there's someone that wants to know and uh, really about, uh, this is for Darlene Tamsiello wants to know about changes in prescription. They wear them for a few weeks, then you got to change the RX. Are you covered on remakes for that? Or uh, I think it's 90, is Nicole, it's 90 days. I think, yeah, 90, we have 90 days in one, one remake. For RX change. Okay. Yep. All right. Um, so we have a question. We're going to give away a gift card here shortly. We do have a question. Uh, I want you to ask more questions here. We're going to play uh, Stump Eric. So his, his arm might hurt, but his head is still clear. Trust me. Great. Yeah. 
So uh, if you want to stump Eric, now's your time. Um, That's why he really does this one hand behind his back. <laughs> right. You should see him fully functional on a good day. Right? <laughs> right, dominate this game. Or you can stump Dr. Free. Yeah. So go ahead, ask yeah, those questions. I can't answer in sign language. That's all. That's my limitation. Uh, we just want to answer it in Mandarin. So. Okay. All right. So Scott has a question. How are you getting 50% of patients uh, to benefit from this lens when traditional uh, binocular vision. Binocular vision testing would not concur with this claim for decades. Well, actually, that, you, the, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. So, so okay. So, so there's two two pieces of data that I'll I'll use for this. So the first piece of data is that based on symptomology, we know that 56% of patients are coming in to your offices symptomatic. So that's one piece of data. The second piece of data is even if you look at uh, textbooks on uh, on ACAs. The average patient's ACA is about 3.5, right? So we've always thought of that as normal. Well, if a patient's eyes on average are 63 millimeters apart, an ideal ACA would be 6.3. So these patients' eyes aren't turning in enough. And then they work at close and they get symptomatic. And this is actually something that has been documented, oh, in the 1840s when uh, they, they were documenting embroiderers with a high rate of asthenopia from doing near work. So I think that it's not as much that traditional optometry wouldn't identify these patients. It's that traditional thinking, like the Sheard's criterion or Percival's rule, wouldn't have identified these patients as having an anomaly. But as, as diagnostics improve and as our understanding of mechanism of action improve, uh, we're able to identify more people that we can help. So I'm going to ask, so nobody's asked a question about the studies, but I, I did read the ICO study my, from my alma mater. Yep. That was done, what, 2007 at Illinois College of Optometry, published in the Academy Journal, which is prestigious, in 2009. And that's where I think the main study was not really about this lens, because I don't think it was available yet, but really about the needs for patients with convergence insufficiency and how happy they are with a little bit of ASIN prism. So, Dr. Freeze, maybe Dr. touch on, on the studies, or yeah. Eric. Actually, Dr. Brill, that's great. So that actually study that you referenced that was using uh, neural lenses. So that was a neural oh, lens. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, one well, it wasn't identified at that time. Yeah, Titanbaum was it's the, not available. It was not available at that time. It wasn't available, right? So Titanbaum okay. was the lead investigator. And then Joe Crawl, who was the inventor's brother, was the sub-investigator on that. And, and they were using a shared criterion primarily to treat patients with uh, uh, CI. So, so you're right. There's a narrow group. It was with neural lenses. Uh, I can tell you of all the studies, there's a ton of studies that support eye misalignment and association with symptoms. Um, I, I can send you the list or I can provide that to the group. Okay. That'd be good. We could... Really the most, you know, the most telling thing for us is that our commercial data, we follow up with every patient and we're seeing 90, you know, 90% positive response to treatment with these lenses, which is phenomenal. What do you mean you follow up? Does that mean you, you call them after they receive the lenses? Uh, they receive, they basically receive that same symptom index that identified them as candidates coming in. They receive that 60 days after they received the lenses, because as we said, we're an outcomes company. We didn't sell them a pair of lenses. We sold them an outcome. If a patient got a bad outcome, we'll notify the doctor that say, this patient, this patient hasn't responded well to treatment. You might want to follow up with them. Um, so I can say, you know, with certainty that patients are responding uh, positively to the treatment. Um, I can say with certainty that study after study has shown that uh, that eye misalignment contributes to uh, contributes to symptom relief. 
um, what's really unique about what we do is we're able to provide alignment correction at both distance and at near. So, um, so yeah, I mean, it, there's, there's, there, there's lots of studies that have been done throughout history that support the notion of eye misalignment being associated with symptoms. So we're going to give a gift card here pretty soon, but I know a lot of people may not remember the Sheard's criterion. So if I recall, you should have like double effusional reserves for, uh, for, for the amount of hexaphoria you have. So let's say if you have a 10 XO, you need 20 doctors of fusional reserves. You, is that about right? Yeah, you absolutely win the day with that one. But, but the, the challenge is, is that not, there's a lot of patients that are symptomatic that wouldn't meet, that Sheard would say you don't prescribe PRISM for. And what we've found is that those patients, a small amount of PRISM uh, has, has provides a great amount of relief for them. Yeah, and so those people were not obviously using computers back in Sheard's days or Percival's no. days, right? Exactly right. Yeah. All right, okay. so, so uh, let's give some uh, let's give some money away. Let's do it, uh, Eric. You got a question? You don't got you a Eric? question? Okay, I got another question. So, so this is an easy one. So uh, it's yes or no question, and people are probably already typing yes or no in there. Can you prescribe, <laughs> prescribe neurolenses without the measurement device? So that's the that's the question. First one to it. Hurry. Oh, oh, Hurry. Oh, oh. That's what you could probably tell, Perry. All right. We, so we have uh, the great Barry Santini from uh, Long Island on here. And I, I can't let this night go without Barry asking a question, a very technical question. So, Barry, wherever you are, come out and from hiding and ask us a question. And Dr. Panzer, we're. And Dr. No, I don't Panzer. See you. Uh, I think you had one of these, or maybe you're having one of these. So perhaps you can ask. We need, uh, we need some contributions from Houston. Barry and Allen, Earth to Barry and Allen. Okay, so as we, uh, as we get some of these, uh, I'm sure we got a winner quick here. Um, we're gonna kinda wrap it up here in the next five to 10 minutes. And um, you know, I think you guys have an extreme value proposition uh, within the market. I, uh, we were former Izon users uh, back in the day and it was kind of a similar program, right? Uh, well, it was for higher order aberration. I still wish we had an entry into that. Dr. Fries, did you use Izons? You know, I, I, I did not personally, but I was uh, at a practice when I was a student and they had, they were using them and they loved them. Um, and yeah, yeah I know they were pretty upset when, uh, when that happened. So, so that'd be good if you can add higher order, higher order aberration correction on there. So, uh, you get any people faking to get these lenses? Like, man, I want to, I'm going to fake it to try to see if they can fake out the machine. You know, some people do it on visual fields. You get a cloverleaf field or something. Let me, you know, or anybody come in from the news media to kind of do a, a negative report and saying, I didn't even have a problem and they, they created a problem. So any of those issues at all? I think if a, if a patient really tried to beat the machine without knowing how the machine was measuring them, they'd probably get what, what we would list as a low measurement quality and it just wouldn't give a recommendation for the lens. It'd be a pretty hard. I could beat it, but I designed the equipment. So I don't know if uh, somebody off the street could. Yeah, we so definitely have so not we, okay, run into that. So, yeah, we have not run into that at our office, that's for sure. So, All right, so this is, I'll say, your, really your first or second. I'm not sure what iteration it is, but what do you got next? Because, you know, we, we want you to be keep innovating and yeah. now we have higher expectations so what's next on the plate can you yeah you know as i mentioned we're we're an outcomes 
company and we yes. think we get great we get great outcomes now but there's still a lot of discovery left to be done in in the field of binocular vision so we're working on uh right now just using things like artificial intelligence to better identify what patients can be helped and how to better prescribe to them so those are some of our early initiatives as well as you know, look at other tests that we can include in the machine to help better identify the physiology of a patient to understand better why one patient might be helped whereas another won't. I mean, we are absolutely passionate about helping people and, and providing good outcomes. And, and you know, we're not going to stop innovating until we can, we can help everybody who's suffering. Can you get us a, a contact lens with some basin prism? Hey, we've, we've actually, we do have patents on the, in the contact lens space as well. Um, we did, haven't put any effort into actually uh, developing that yet, but we, we do have patents filed for that. So How we, can look those, we can look those up, I bet. You, you probably could. It might be, I can't remember if they're awarded or just applications at this point, but they definitely find our a pretty extensive patent portfolio on okay. the device, lenses, and contacts as well. Great. And you let me make sure you're not owned by anywhere by Essilor. <laughs> no, we're not. Right? Not owned we by are, DSP. No. no other big player. You are still an independent company. It's completely independent. We are funded through, uh, you know, first angel investors and then, uh, and then some venture capital money has come in as well. And we've got a great, a great board of, uh, of directors and great investors. And, you know, they're all passionate about outcomes just like we are. And when Nassalor says, I'll pay you four times what you're worth, you're going to say, Hell no. <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't make those decisions. Uh, there's a wiggle room. Okay. Um, Anith uh, Palal, your friend. Yes, Anith. From, he's got, got someone from, from Texas he's, there. He's got so. a question. So what's that say? All right. It says, how does symptom relief compare to VT therapy since this seems to address BV issues? So, you know, I, I think Anith came in a little bit late, but um, maybe it looks like there's probably more yeah. people that have that question. Yeah, I mean, it, I'm, I, we haven't done a head-to-head -head with VT. Um, we know VT does help a lot of patients, and we know we help a lot of patients. Um, we also know a lot of people, especially adults, are not compliant with VT. So um, we're, we're, uh, we're, we basically are a tool in the tool belt for uh, people treating binocular issues, and, and VT would be another tool. So when you're testing these, have you had, uh, for lack of a better word, blinded studies, somebody says, okay, I've got a pair, it's just a regular progressive. I've got a pair with progressive with basin prism overall, or I got a pair of neural lenses. Yeah. I mean, we call them mass. If, if no one knew, if you're, yeah, mass. Okay. If you had a double mass, the subject <laughs> yeah. didn't know, the tester yeah. didn't know. I mean, I think optometrists and opticians would like to say, wow, we've done this. It's repeatable. And they are definitely choosing the neural lenses. So, have you guys got that data, whether it's internal data or published? We we have internal data showing thirty percent more relief with uh, our lenses than the next pre premium lens. Um, we had ninety three percent positive response to treatment with our our group. Um, and so, how about so, with yeah. just overall a base in, just a little bit like. Two prism doctors that, base in. That was that was not with that was not you know it's 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 hard in this industry to identify uh, what is a placebo. I think in right. in drug companies they never have to test aspirin versus Advil, right? They test aspirin versus a sugar pill, and we don't have sugar pills in lenses, so we are always testing against whatever the next premium treatment is, 
And so we were using uh, a premium, I won't say the name, a premium progressive uh, lens as with, with high index and blue blocker and all the premium things on it uh, in our studies. How about ones with just a little bit of base in prism, same progressive style, but so, you know, it's with, an a, interesting with some base thing. in prism overall. Yeah, it's an interesting thing. How do you, you know, because the neural lens system is a system, um, would I prescribe based on Sheard's criterion? I could say that of the 60 people that we ran through the study, only two of them would have qualified for prism based on traditional therapy, right? So they would have not been even candidates for, for prism at all. And but it does so, test fixation disparity and the associated Fourier, right? I it mean, does that do sounds a, like that's how you rely more on the associated Fourier findings from and fixation disparity. It's actually no. It's actually a combination of your uh, disassociated and associated Fourier. So it's not it's not one or the other. And I would say the disassociated portion of the test probably makes up more of the final value than the uh, fixation disparity portion. What's most the most prism you could stick in there? We I, we've. I would say we have very few that are more than five. We've had patients as much as 15. Five each eye? Five each eye? Five, five total or total. 15 total split between the two. But okay. in general, most of our prescriptions are between, you know, say two base out and three base in. Okay. Um, so it sounds like you guys have, um, you have technical knowledge, you have the business knowledge. You don't, you don't just drop this machine off in a crate and, in the office, right? You actually uh, unload it and go through the right training and fly somebody out there, right? Yeah, Dr. Fries, maybe you can talk about your experience. Yeah, uh, absolutely. So we uh, we met with, uh, when we decided to uh, implement the device, we actually met with uh, the team uh, from NeuroLens and did a pre-implementation uh, meeting at our office with the staff. So they, they sort of prepped the office, got everybody uh, ready as to what was going to be happening. Um, and then on delivery day, uh, delivery came, uh, they were very active in making sure delivery went very smoothly. Um, and then the day after delivery, we had uh, implementation training um, and uh, had live training with, with the trainer um, and uh, spent the afternoon with us. We, we built up about 20 patients that we wanted to test right away um, and had them there uh, helping us with the device and the training. Uh, and then we've had follow-up calls uh, you know, about almost every week since then. Um, with mainly my optician um, and the and the neural lens uh, people, and um, they've been more than more than more supportive than I could ever have imagined from from my uh, a company. And they really are truly a partner with us in this. And like you said, they're an outcomes company. Um, they, and it's very true. They want us to be successful. They want the patients to have relief. Um, and I can I can't stress enough how it's you know in 15 years of practice that I've been in that there has not been any other company that has been uh, truly um, you know vested in our success and helping us implement a new technology and helping us work through any trials that we may come to while we're implementing it. So um, you know my hats off to them for that and you know I'm happy to to speak with them on that because they've been so good to us and help us um, helping us implement it. Well, it sounds like you had an excellent experience. There's already people asking, can I try the equipment? And then on the flip side, what if I try it and just really doesn't work for me? Do you have a risk reversal for the practitioner too? Yeah, we don't, we don't do trials per se, but we do have a satisfaction guarantee. Um, so, so you use the equipment and it, say you prescribe, I can't remember what's the number of lenses. It's, uh, if you prescribe it, you have 40 lenses, is it? that what it is over six months so if you prescribe 40 lenses over six months 
don't like the equipment, stop not seeing patients get relief, um, you can return it to us free of charge. If you do less than pairs. that, yeah, you do, less, you do less than that and there'll be a, a $5,000 restocking fee. So if you figure, even if you do 13 lenses, you'll have made that $5,000 restocking fee back on it. So, um, but you know, it, it's not, if you're thinking about it in those terms, you know, it's maybe not the right thing for you. This is something that you need, you, you bring into your practice with a desire to help your patients and you jump in full bore and you help your patients and you're going to be happy. Your patients are going to be happy. It's going to help your practice uh, grow and, and you're, it's going to be the best decision you ever made. So what kind of terms are you offering there? Do you have no, you have 0% financing or do you have, uh, how do the doctors pay for this? So and state the and state the price one more time for the people yeah, that so were there were some earlier. people that were late. So I, and so, I think you have some preferential pricing for other groups too. Right. Yeah. So so our our pricing on the device is twenty nine nine. Um, the in order to get that satisfaction guarantee, you need to work through funding well because we are the ones backing the equipment for that, and their rate right now is four nine nine. So it's four nine nine. Uh, on that and then uh, the lenses are 300 for the single vision uh, 350 for the uh, office and 400 for the progressive to the patient that's 650 um, 750 and 800 for for the, the lenses your average margin per lens is about $400 per lens it's all uh, you know it's all private pay so that's money directly into your account. You're not negotiating with a, a third-party payer. Right. Okay. Well, I want to see gauge interest. Who's excited about NeuroLens? Uh, and who would, you know, if you had the opportunity to try one and bring this into your practice, I want everybody to comment. I love Prism. If you're actually interested in the top technology. If you're not interested, uh, what should they type? Well, I was, I was going to ask, can, are, is it feasible for practices to share this? You know, so for NIST's uh, Houstonian uh, colleagues there and Dr. Panzer, I mean, could they say, look, I'll have it one week, you have it a week, or should you not move this thing around? Yeah, so, I mean, basically the system did go through ship testing, but that's in our crating. So we don't encourage moving the equipment from practice to practice. Yeah, sometimes and we do have, have some practices. practices. Yeah. yeah, we do have some practices that, you know, maybe it's a, a site like Dr. Freeze that they have three practices, but they put the equipment in one of them and refer into that practice um, so that's one model we've seen people try typically when they do that they'll end up ordering another system because it'll be it'll be going so well for them but um, they're more than happy to try that so if they want to buy more than one i bet you probably cut them a little bit of a break yeah i think i think if, like i think i give a dozen or five percent discount if you buy the dozen if you order by a dozen I don't, I don't know. I'm making, you're talking to the engineer, not a sales guy. Yeah. Hey, uh, hey, hey, Eric or Dr. Fries, there was a question yeah. earlier. Um, in the traditional lab industry, we are used to buy one, get one half off. So uh, how do you deal with multiple pair sales? Oh, that's a good question. Yeah, good question. Um, uh, I know, so I, I'd have to check with my opticians right now. And Eric, you might not know the answer either. <laughs> Again, be not as the engineer, but um, I know, I believe over the summer, um, we, we had a program where there was, um, uh, they had bought a second pair of the sunglasses, maybe uh, it was a sunglass pair, it was 50% off. Um, so I know that they've run those specials for us in the past. Um, but um, you know, other than that, I don't, Eric, do you have any more in, info on that? Yeah, I th you know, again, I'm the engineer, but I do remember 
I do remember a sunglass special over the summer. I don't think we typically offer a multiple pair discount. Okay. Yeah. How about do you um do you give staff free lenses at all? I know like in our office, you know, the it's really important you bring a new frame line in. You got to get those frames on your staff because they're going to be yeah. your advocates. Absolutely. So how do you what do you yeah, do there? We look for that symptomatic patient, just like a Dr. Freeze's office that has a misalignment that we know we can treat because as soon as you've solved, this isn't somebody looking nice for a season. This is solving somebody's uh, symptoms for that they've had for life, right? And you've got an advocate like you wouldn't believe. So absolutely all, all staff members uh, you know, can be fitted for, for the lenses. Okay, um, I had a question. So is this machine, you know, is it going to be outdated because the software is just going to, you know, go out of date? Are you constantly doing over there updates for free? Uh, all, all, all updates are over there are free. So we do hundred percent support with software updates and it's all done remotely. As long as you're connected to the web, um, it's all done remotely. You'll, you'll get automatic updates. Okay. So no, um, how about any, do you have to do any service agreements on the equipment to keep it up and running? Um, I'm not sure. I know, I know one year for sure is included. I don't know beyond that. Okay. Finally, so far, I don't, here's a question here, here from uh, Christy. Have, and we have Alan. Okay. Alan finally made it on. Oh, Alan, where you been? <laughs> Do you want to ask uh, Alan about, he had a question about vertical here. Also, if doctors, if doctors want to, uh, to, be fitted with lenses and they're interested in it, uh, they can go to a NeuroLens provider and we'll go ahead oh. and take care of that for them. And if they're oh, awesome. candidates, if they're symptomatic and, and they're candidates based on their measurements, then we'll provide them NeuroLenses as well. Okay. Okay, there's a question about how big is it? Is it bigger than a bread box or larger than a visual field instrument? You've got a picture to show, you could show us here. And there was uh, another question about compound. About somewhere, compound prism, about compound. somewhere between an autorefractor and a visual field machine. It's, it's a little, it's, it, it will be one of the larger uh, pieces of equipment in your office. It will. It's so. about 24, it's about a 25 by 24 footprint and it's about okay. 30 inches tall. So compound prism and how do you verify these lenses? Is there any technique yeah, okay. to verify the lenses? Right. So the measurement, the measurement equipment provides vertical measurements. Um, it doesn't provide any uh, prescribing recommendation or anything like that. That's completely up to the practitioner. Um, but they are, they can definitely put a base up, race down uh, component to the lenses when they order them. Um, and that's ground in. Um, you verify these lenses just like you would any, any other progressive, you know, lens. Okay, great. Do you put prism thinning in these, any of these lenses too to make them look better? Um, we, we don't use, uh, we do not use prism thinning and the most part, it makes a very small difference in the overall thickness. We do, everything is provided at high index. So you get the, the thinness just off the, the index of the lens. Okay. Um, I just want to let everyone know that there's a lot of comments here and some technical ones. Um, and we will make sure to answer all these um, when we're off the air. Um, either we'll answer them or uh, NeuroLens will go back and make sure they get all your answers there. Uh, there's a lot of people asking for the studies. Um, so we're gonna make sure uh, to direct message you those studies or reach out to your office. So, so don't worry. Uh, okay. Nicole just posted her email in the, in the comments there. Nicole at NeuroLenses.com. 
um, and she'd be happy to field a lot of those questions. So uh, let's wrap it up here. You know, what, what should we be excited about? And uh, maybe Tim, Dr. Freeze, you can leave us with a pearl of wisdom, you know, why you're amped up about yeah. neural lenses. Um, sure. I, I'll give you, I, I give you a, a, cool, a great example. So we, we had a patient, um, you know, I always like those feel good stories, right? So we had a patient um, who came in and th her main complaint was motion sickness. And she was unable to ride in a car for more than about five miles. Um, so she hadn't left our, our town um, where my, my practice is. Uh, she hadn't left the town for about 15 years um, besides, you know, going to local errands. Um, so she was a great candidate for the lens. Um, and we prescribed her some ba a basin neural lens. Um, she picked them up and she called us the next day. They were driving to Florida for their first vacation in 15 years. Mm -hmm. And she said it's the first time she's been in a car that she didn't get motion sick. Um, and she was wearing those lenses and she was basically in tears. So, um, you know, and that's not the first time we've had patients cry. Um, from getting these lenses for changing their lives. And we actually got a, a comment back today um, that the folks at NeuroLens actually sent us that a patient emailed NeuroLens directly um, and, and basically told them that the lenses uh, had changed their lives and they, they were so happy. So, um, you know, we're just, I don't get that with any other lens. I don't get that with any other progressive lens. I don't get that with contact lenses. So ju just those feelings alone have made it more than worth it for us. Okay, so uh, Carrie Wilson, uh, ask is this somewhat of a rotated progressive uh, no no I mean it's not a rotated progressive and that we're not just decentering segs or anything like that to induce the prism it's a digitally freeform design and we've got uh, basically parameters in there about the amount of prism and the location of the prism similar to how you design a progressive lens so you're varying the thickness of thickness profile of the lens to get it Basically in there. Just ver yeah, verifying the geometry of the lens to, to create the desired effect. So if, um, if a doctor or optician is really antsy to get this in their office, um, you know, what's the time frame to um, ship it and have an implementation program within the office? Because a lot of people want to order these before the end of the year to take advantage of the tax savings. I mean, we still do have some capacity for the end of the year. I'm in charge of the manufacturing group as well. Um, but They're made yeah, in the U.S.? Made in U.S.? Yeah, it's made. Uh, yeah, I can walk to the manufacturing facility. It's it's okay. less than a quarter mile from here. Um, so yeah, we, we we definitely can get this into your office by the end of the year. It's just co mainly coordinating with our deployment people because, as Dr. Freeze mentioned, uh, we don't just helicopter drop the machine into the site. We have people that are at your site for a few days, uh, making sure you're trained and and know how to treat patients and, and improve their lives. Yeah, and no drone delivery either, right? <laughs> no drone, yeah, we, don't, we haven't started the drone it's not delivery Prime. It's not, it's not on Prime? Not on an Amazon Prime, can't get it. Okay, um, there was one question no one's asked yet. How about vertigo? Uh, can this help people, patients with those um, symptoms and experiences? I mean, I've seen it help patients with motion sickness for sure. You know, true vertigo, um, no, I guess it's, it depends on the root cause. You know, if it's an inner ear problem, you know, it, I'm I'm not sure that 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 may be I'm not sure you know basically there Eric I don't know if you have anything else to add on that but yeah no I mean you're right I mean true vertigo is, is can be crystals in the inner ear and obviously that's not going to help that um, right. you know but if you you know these patients that might you know dizziness is a symptom that can result from eye misalignment 
Similar to um, a dry eye sensation can also result from that, even if they don't have clinical dry eye. So like, it's a similar parallel. If they don't have clinical dry eye but are complaining of dry eye symptoms, they're probably, a, a, you check their eye misalignment because it might be causing it. Similar to a vertigo patient, if they don't have issues with crystals in their ears, but they're dizzy all the time, then this could be a solution that, that could help them. Yeah. You guys want to make any uh, final statements we get? We started late, but we've gone over time. So just to give you a little extra bonus there, but any final statements and um, what would you like the public to know before we, before we sign off? Yeah, I mean, for, for me, I think I'm going to echo what, what Dr. Freeze was talking about, about the crying patients. I mean, my favorite, favorite day of the week is Monday. We come in and we, we go through what we call the criers because every, oh. week we're, every week we're getting those patients that they're saying, you changed my life. And that's what gets me excited about coming to work every day. I mean, it does help practices grow. I'm not going to lie. But uh, what excites me is about how many people it's helping. And they're not crying about the bill or anything. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> okay. To be honest, we've we've actually had those patients who have, have have cried, and then they the next the next week we get their 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 all of their kids and uh, you know their sister and their brother in law all coming in to try to get get them as well. So it's been a huge referral source um, from patients who are basically they become huge advocates for our practice um, and, and champions for us. So that's been great. Great. And um, if people want to get in contact with you, how do they do that? Do they need to go to the website? Do they need to go to the next conference? Uh, what should they do? Um, I mean, go, yeah, go to the website and, and yeah, hit us up. I mean, or, or email Nicole. Um, but yeah, get, get in touch with us and we'll, we'll figure out how to make it happen. Okay. And uh, those gift cards, we'll make sure to notify everyone. And uh, Dr. Burrell's got the final words here. Oh, okay. Well, uh, thank you again for our, for our listeners and uh, viewers for hanging in there with the technical difficulty. I sent Mark Zuckerberg a little bit of a note, to, uh, <laughs> but uh, hopefully he will not punish me personally. So this wraps up our Facebook Live event with NeuroLens. And I think this will still be available. Rhea will turn it into a podcast so you can see it in, in the future. And if anyone has any questions for the fine people at Neuralands, just uh, reach out to them. And if you want to buy one, I'm, I'm sure they'll be happy to sell one to you. <laughs> first come, first serve. Absolutely. Great. Thanks so much, you guys. It's been a pleasure. All right. Thanks a lot. All right. Take care. Have a great night. Everyone. This brings us to the end of another episode of Entrepreneur, the podcast for Wizards of Eyes. Go ahead and click over to our website, entrepreneur.com, or head over to Facebook to join our special Facebook group, Entrepreneur. See you there.